Yo honey dip summertime fine jewelry dripping. See you on pickings with a bunch of chickens. How you clicking? I kept shooting strong notes as we got close. She rocked rope. Honey throat smelling like impulse. <laughs> what is he saying? It's fine. Yeah, fix myself there. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode three of the All Time Pod. Uh, if you haven't followed us by now, follow us on Instagram at All Time Pod. Follow us on Twitter at All Time Pod. Visit us at www.alltimepod.com. Episode three is pretty big. Very big episode. Very excited. I've been excited all week. We. Uh, in making this list, as you know, last week we spoke about groups. We left a big group off the list so we could do this for one episode. Full episode. Today, all you're getting is Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang Clan. Um, solo albums as well. Everything Wu-Tang related. Everything Wu-Tang related uh, to fit the list. Uh, very exciting. Uh, very fun, actually. Uh, let's kick it off. I think we don't have anything else to say, but just Let, to get started. Yeah. Let's get started. It's probably going to be the same thing as um, the last few weeks where it's in chronological order. Yeah, that's order. how we figured this one out too. Yeah, yeah it's going to be uh, the easiest and probably the funnest way, uh, especially you could see the growth of uh, the artists as well. Yeah, I think that's uh, fair to say. So, I mean, there's only one place to start if we're doing this uh before this album comes out there's only one member that has an album yeah uh which is jizza and then we right away get the classic the wu-tang album probably the the biggest way to introduce yourself as a group of nine members Enter the Wu-Tang 36 first, Chambers. It's, yeah, it's the one. Um, uh, I mean, there's not a bad track on this album. Uh, it's often... I, I'm surprised at how little you see people talk about this in, in, in the top 10 of all time. Because when I was starting to get into hip-hop, this was uh, one of the top 10 for me. Oh, definitely. Uh it just, I find it gets put to the side versus other artists because other solo artists uh, kind of have that bigger impact uh, when they started. But as a group of nine members when they started, there is no better way to start. Right. Um, there's nine members, obviously, in the group, and I find the way they put it together is like no other on this album 
Uh, first of all, you've never seen this in hip hop. You've seen groups with three members, four members, uh, but never with nine members. So yeah. first off, when you hear about this and you know that there's nine members in it, mm-hmm. you don't uh, you don't you don't know what to expect, right? Because how are you gonna have nine members on one track? Well, you kind of you kind of figure that it's gonna be a display of what everyone could do on 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 their own. What I find is hard to do when you have a nine member album is that there's not enough time for everyone. No, definitely not. And that's kind of where we had like it, it was important to have like a full list of a full a full episode devoted to Wu Tang because there's so much work that all these guys did that helped us understand them as individuals. Yeah. Because 36 Chambers is 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 is, is always going to be the place to start for Wu Tang. But what I like about it is you kind of get, you got you kind of get to pick like okay I like this more I like that more this guy I like how he does his I like how different and styles find, yeah and, and and that's what's crazy about this is sometimes when you listen to hip hop you're like okay you know this guy sounds like this guy uh, the the group the group is pretty well put together but when you go in and you you listen to these nine members and the way the the strong the song structure is put together it really kind of blows you away right. Uh, I think the first time I heard this album, I needed to go back and listen to it because I just, I was kind of like, okay, hold on a second. What's going on here? You know what I mean? Like what's going on here? There's so much happening at the same time, but it all flows together so perfectly. Who was it? Which, which MC was it that, that you uh, latched onto I'm gonna after be, the first experience? I'm going to be honest with you and it's probably Method Man for me. Same. Yeah, uh, Method Man eases you in really, really well. And also, he sounds way different than the other ones. Uh, I find that his style sometimes could be way calmer and then sometimes way more fun, way more, not attractive, but way more active. You know what I mean? Like, so in a group of nine, you're saying he stands out the most? Yeah, he stands out the most. He stood out to me the most. Now, if we're talking now... Oh, now it changed. Now it changed. But I find on that album, he, he, he stands out the most, um, along with Old Dirty Bastard. Yeah. Uh, because Old Dirty Bastard, again, sounds way different than anybody. I don't think there's anybody today that sounds like him. But, like, just the way Meta Man comes on, uh, his delivery, uh, like, it's, it's like calm at times, but then, again, like I said, active, fun. So it, it, it changes up on each song. Right. Um, the first time I put this in to listen to, the thing that really blew me away was the way they came onto the song. The way the the way the song started, and then the member just kind of like bank attacked onto the song, mm-hmm. especially with "Bring the Ruckus," which to me might be probably one of the greatest intro songs on an album, or the way an album starts off ever. Uh, it brings it right to the point, and it starts it off with Ghostface, right? Uh, who has that that high pitch, uh, high pitch voice, um, and again, each member just comes on to each song, just amazing. I know how you feel about this album. Yes, uh, I mean I feel very strongly about it. I'm not gonna deny that, but. Um, do you feel like with time, and we're going to touch on this because we're going through the 
the, the different uh, members, but do you feel like with time this is one of the things that holds up the most when you're uh, when when we're talking Wu Tang? Is this the is this one of the albums that you feel like is timeless? I think in hip hop and anything and anything, anything, this is timeless. Okay, uh, like let's let's really dig deep into this album. First off, the martial arts uh, skits. They came in with a they came in with a gimmick. They came in with a gimmick and they came in with something that was not being used anywhere in hip hop. Right. Uh, and really brought that on and it was cool the way uh, they introduced that for hip hop. Being a little less uh, in the box. They like they stepped outside of the box. Big time. They added different elements. Yeah, they had different elements to their kind of uh, yeah, and they created a visual for you. Exactly. It, yeah. It's a visual and it kind of fits with the style of the way they are, the way they jump onto a track, the way they each member comes on, the way they switch up their flows. Uh, also, uh, their subject, when they talk about it, they they often, often, often reference martial arts and those movies that inspired them uh, as artists. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely timeless. Uh, the skits on this album are... Very funny. Are very funny. Uh, the skit before the Metal Man song starts. Uh, <laughs> Ray and the, well, that's the original. Yeah. Ray versus uh, Meth. Yeah, which is hilarious. Right. Uh, the skit where Metal Man introduces each member midway through the album, mm-hmm. and he's talking about their different styles. Yeah. Uh, different nicknames that it's they funny have. How you, it's funny how you bring up like Meth twice already in the skits and how he was the one we said was really the guy that pulled you into the group. He was pretty much, I mean, like Rizzo was the, was the, was the brains, was the beats, just was the lyricist. And Meth was clearly the showman. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Showman, active, uh, fun. And, you, and when you have Dirty in a group, I mean, Dirty is, is uh, one of his own, one of a kind... But to say that meth still had that kind of way to pull you in and make this accessible for everyone, it's 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 you got to give that to meth, I guess, on this album. Yeah, and I'm not sure if it was done purposely or Rizzo was like, okay, we're gonna focus on meth. He did have his own title track on the album, yeah, uh, which really really stood out because uh, I think if still it, stands out, yeah, and I think it was the first single or the second single I'm not mis- uh, if I'm not mistaken but they really put the emphasis on meth but I don't think it was done purposely I don't think it was I mean maybe there were plans uh, I mean you know these guys that how they how they work on uh, on music it takes a little while so maybe meth was supposed to be the first solo artist and that didn't work out no that didn't his work album out came way later but um Let's move along. Let's jump to the next thing because what I find interesting is that the second album on the list is not a solo album yet that we put. No, uh, it's not a solo album. It's actually I didn't even know that it was. It came out right after. Yeah, it was like a back to back, pretty much. Yeah, this not, one was ninety four. Yeah, ninety four. Uh, Thirty six chambers came out in ninety three. Yeah. Um, before we jump there, I just wanted to add something. Uh, ninety three, right? The Nazis didn't come out. The Biggies didn't come out. The Jay-Z's didn't come out. No. We had the Tribes. We had the De La Souls, uh, Onyx. We had a bunch of those do, those artists. But when you look at 93, what they did for hip-hop... With Especially the, out east. Yes. 
especially Adis, New York, what they did for hip hop, coming out with an album again, nine members, nine different styles, uh, using the martial arts uh, influence and all that stuff. That for me, and I think back then, 93, really changed hip hop uh, way differently, especially as emceeing and the way that all these guys did not sound like anybody else that came out before right. them. Yeah. So let me just finish it off with that and let's move on to 1994. So in 94, RZA gets another group together. This time in Long Island. Well, they were the, no, they were in Staten. These yeah. guys are in Lo the, this next group was from Long Island. Uh, Gravediggers. Yeah. Six feet deep. Yeah. Which is somewhat of a, a grower as an album. It is. Uh, you know what? I won't even call it a grower. I liked it. I I really like this album a lot. I find it's it's a it's kind of an easy alternative to listening to a lot of the other solo uh, members. And what I like about it a lot is that. It wasn't an attempt. I feel like when we listen to Six Feet Deep, uh, it has it, it has a very West Coast sound. Yeah, I'm thinking Far Side. I'm thinking like, and I I, I like that RZA so quickly f put together another group, but didn't try to recreate the same thing. No, this these themes are a bit more like One uh, Eight Hundred Suicide, classic classic song. Uh, I think was <laughs> kind of. Something that wasn't being talked about in hip-hop at the time. It wasn't. Uh, don't forget we have Prince Paul that's part of the group. Right. Uh, did Rissa do the full production on this? He didn't actually do all the production for it. Uh, I think it was pretty much split within the group, so it's, it's kind of a group of producers, really. Uh, Prince Paul is the undertaker. Yeah, which is so cool. To see that Prince Paul is part of this group with all the work that he did for De La Soul. I mean, he has the most production credits on this. RZA didn't do much of the production. I think it was probably RZA's idea. Um, it 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 could very much be. I mean, but what I find is is great about that is that you said De La Soul was like very much of the time. By this time, uh, we're talking '94. Uh, so Prince Paul was uh, still working with uh, De La Soul? I don't think so. Balloon Mind State was, was the last album he did in 93. Yeah. So it's cool to see him switch to kind of a darker, like we said in the last episode, De La Soul, very positive. Jumping over to something a little more dark with Rizzo and, and, and this Gravediggers album is... Uh, he, they, they did a great job together. And people sleep on this. I don't know the second album too well. But no. I heard I heard it's 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 a it's a it's solid. It's not it's not six feet deep, but but I think the the production really stands out on this because of those those drums on the album and that dark sound that was created that mm. fits so well with their subject matter in yeah. the album. Oh, it was well. It was very well paired with uh, their topics. And I think something that's really cool about this and that RZA really stood out as a producer on Thirty Six Chambers where on this album, he stands out as an MC. Correct. Because you won't, it, I mean, and, and this is maybe a, a bit of a spoiler to the rest of our list, but RZA solo albums are not the best of his work. No. So yeah, he's done great work on his own. Uh, I think every album has a good half that's worth hearing, but it's, it's, it's they're, 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 they're albums that don't really hold up as full albums. Yeah. So... 
yeah, I think uh, I think this is if there's if there's a way to go as a solo album for RZA, I'd go with this one. Yeah, this is a good way to start it off and really see RZA shine as an MC and be dark. And you know what's crazy about RZA is sometimes his vocals and the way he comes onto a track feel like they don't fit. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, it's like off balance, right. but it sounds so well and so well done that it stands out and especially on a project like this you really shined uh let's move on to the next album uh we i i i miss said something before when i said that the single being met in man could have been a way to push the first solo artist it was to the first solo album yeah so that was my bad i thought to was like 96 i i um to was uh which year 95 94. 94. 94 after Gravediggers. So before we get into that, RZA really had a lot of work. There was a lot of work uh, being done. And well, I mean, there's something we'll, we'll point out when we get there, but there's a lot of work that um, th- they were doing a lot of stuff. They were very active. This is the second album now in 94 that RZA's got his hands on. After the 36 Chambers, after Grave Diggers, here's Tikal. Yeah. Um, not my favorite solo album. And no, it's actually an album that I had a hard time getting into. I, fi- I, I always felt like maybe I was too late. Uh, going back to 36 Chambers, I feel like Meth stands out. But Meth on his own, it took a minute for me to get uh, into really liking it. What I do really love about Tikal is it's that type of album that I don't need to hear every day. But I know before I put it on today, that's the album I got here. It has that. It's it's really a mood. That whole album is a mood. It's a feeling. It's not just a hip hop album. It's not. It's grimy. It's dark. It's it's a bit. I mean, it's a bit similar to the Gravediggers album, but on Meth's end, Meth's version of it. Let's say. Yeah, and it's it's funny, like you say, that you need to be in a mood uh, because I've listened to this album many many times, and. It's funny that I listened to it once stoned and it sounded like a totally different album to me. And that has to do with the production of RZA on this album with the, the woozy, drowsy type of beats um, and also <laughs> the Metan Man, uh, like the Metan Man subject matter. Also, it, it, it stands out so, so well with the production. Release Your Delph is definitely my favorite song on the album and i seen him live uh-huh. and it was the first song he performed and with just that blue raspberry singing at the beginning and then he hops onto the the song <laughs> phenomenal i'm gonna throw this out there and i could be dead wrong like we said we're not like uh hip-hop uh, we're not hip-hop uh you know uh, encyclopedias here but I feel like that song doesn't get enough credit for later sounds in New York. Oh, really? When the Delph? horns were introduced, yeah, when, when, when hip hop music was full of horns. And that song is very ahead of its, its time. time yeah. And Rizzo was very ahead of his time with, was, yeah. with his production. Uh, Metal Man as an MC was ahead of his time. And don't forget, we mentioned this in episode one, but Notorious B.I.G picked Metin Man to be a featuring on his album and it was the only only 
featuring. You hear that dog barking? Yeah. Making me crazy, right? Is it just me? Yeah, it's just you. <laughs> it's the dirt dog. It's probably elderly bastards in the in the flesh because we're talking about Wu Tang. I guess so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like that's a good segue. Uh, I know not even uh, th- that's the next album we got to talk about. Yeah, that's the next so album. Let's we get right to it. Uh, return to the thirty six <laughs> chambers, the dirty version, while the dog barks outside. Um, um, can I start off by saying um, another funny way to start an album? A uh, five minute skit. Five minute intro. What is he saying Very on that? A whole bunch of everything. He's, he's talking about having STDs. He's talking about everything, but it's it's great how he was in on the joke of like, look at this overkill. Yeah. Look at the overkill that hip hop artists do to try and, you know, the, the, the big intros trying to set a theme for the album. This album's great because it's really just, it's just dirty. There's no father to his style. No father to his style. Uh, he at some points I can guarantee you that in the studio fucked up on something and it just continued into the song. Oh, there's a lot of there's a lot of things on this album that could have been polished and they that, and that weren't. But I think that's just part of what makes this album. It's all it's it's it, it gives its album its legacy. Uh, he was definitely not shy or not scared of really. Stepping outside the box and just talking at all about first of all his struggles, what yeah. he was going through, and laughing about them, being comfortable with them. Yeah. Uh, also, like as an MC, uh, just even screaming in halfway through a song or making sounds with his voice uh, was well put together. Yeah, I feel my favorite thing about him was. Um, not needing to fit a norm. No. And in hip-hop, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of rules. There's a lot, I mean, like, we've seen it in the... When a lot of people call uh, an artist like Drake out, it's because they're, uh, they're not hard enough. They're not this. They don't write down. When you get this type of talent, like Dirty, where it's just whatever is going to come out of the music, these artists stand alone. Yeah. And... There's so many great tracks on the album. Uh, Shimmy Shimmy Ya is a classic to this day yep. and will probably be a classic. Forever. Forever. Brooklyn Zoo. Brooklyn Zoo. Uh, Hippa to the Hapa is just so fun to listen to. Uh, don't You Know. Don't You Know. What's the song where he's uh, doing? Uh, is that don't you know? Yes, I or think. Or no, is that No, it's don't you know? Yeah, I think it's uh, a, Yeah, I think it's that. Uh, again, the calling a song "Protect Your Neck" too, with different people on it. Uh, so well done. Uh, Drunk game, sweet sugar pie. Uh, Did we it, say snakes? Yeah, we said snakes. Snakes is probably my favorite song on the album. The f- my favorite part of uh, Snakes and You Don't Know are that they were uh, there were segments he rapped in that famous video on uh, was it MTV that were filming him in uh, Times Square in the streets of New York and he was in in uh, different convenience stores and ran and I think it those is were that. Par- parts of those songs were where, where I first heard these uh, but he was such a lovable character he was and he was himself 
he wasn't trying to be anything else. I think he was just this was him. Yeah. Uh, Rawhide, <laughs> Jesus Christ is a <laughs> it's a fucking great song with Method Man and Raekwon. Yeah. Uh, we all know what Rawhide is. I think we have to explain what that is. Don't no. Uh, again, man. It's We're already explicit because you got stoned listening to Tikal. Yeah, but I would probably want to get stoned listening to this. Um, <laughs> producer, Riz is not the only producer. No, no. Nope. But for the most part, yes. But very little, no. Um, he did a lot of tracks. Uh, True Master, who comes up more in Wu Tang albums. Fourth Disciple, uh, Old Dirty Bastard has uh, production. Uh, I would have loved. I've 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 seen a bunch of his stuff. Live on DVD on YouTube, uh, the stupidity he was doing. His Sleeping on stage before the gig. Uh, his freestyles were out of this world. If you have not had the chance, please go look Old Dirty Bastard Freestyle on YouTube and you could probably spend a full day looking at them. <laughs> But I would have loved to be in the studio during the recording of this album. It, it must have been something to see, yeah, for sure. Yeah, probably something out of this world. Uh, I've heard stories of him uh, in the studio with Mariah Carey <laughs> later on. <laughs> I've heard stories of him in the studio with different artists, uh, and it was something. So I would have definitely wanted to be in the studio when this album was produced. We're ahead of time. Uh, usually, we, uh, usually we don't blow through albums, but I know that the next one coming up is a very big deal for you and this is where uh, I, i think we could safely say um things have been great but things are about to get real good uh, like way maybe not way yeah way better phenomenal let's be real, let's be real. Uh, phenomenal uh, we are force-fed the question of who is the greatest rapper of all time we are constantly being asked Who is it? Yep. We've had a savior in the last decade. Mm -hmm. That's going to come up in later episodes. I mean, savior is a big word, but I mean, impressive discography and probably the best to ever do it. Arguably the best to ever do it. This name, actually, let me just, let me just be, let's be real for a second. The next three albums, albums, rappers that we're about to talk about. Um, where are these guys when we talk about the top the best to ever do it the top five the top ten why aren't these guys mentioned because and that wait just that's no disrespect to any of the other members we spoke about already no definitely not this is a known thing amongst hip hop heads that the next three on this list albums and MCs have little recognition they have little recognition and i don't get why but i get why i don't get why i, I i'm gonna tell you straight up you you mentioned it before force-fed artists right uh discographies uh what's what people like and whether people are being told to like that's that's a big fucking thing in hip-hop how are you gonna come to me and tell me An artist like J. Cole is the best right now. No disrespect to J. Cole. How is J. Cole the best right now? Because he's a storyteller. And you don't say Raekwon. 
look, when I when I look at MCs, yeah, I'll look at their discography, how many albums they had. I don't give a shit about how many hits you had. That to me means zero. Means zero. I look at your MC skills. Yes, I'm and you look. definitely need a you definitely need a great album under your belt. You need a great album under your belt. I look at featureings, how you deliver on other people's songs, the impact you have on other people's songs. I look at that. When you're a featuring, can you make the difference? Okay. There's very few that could do that. Your, I can name maybe three off the top of my yeah. head that could do that. Your subject matter, for sure. Okay? Especially with these guys and what they did for hip-hop. And again, these guys do not have the recognition. They're, they're, I don't understand how these guys are not spoken about in the top MCs when these guys have created a sound... I've created a style. These guys have gone to work, man. That have that that has been fucking used throughout hip hop till this day right now. And it's crazy because it's like that term that says like your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Yeah. This is this is these guys. This is these three. Oh, a hundred percent. And I can tell you one thing: these guys are respected, but I don't see a, round, a Mount Rushmore with these guys' faces on it. And it just bothers me because there's so many other MCs, whether they're still alive or they've passed away, being spoken about on right. a higher level than yeah. these guys. And let's be honest with you. It was said that a lot of the top five MCs of hip hop got a lot of their style from these guys. So. Am I wrong or am I right? No, I, I, I mean, I totally see it. Um, I would even go as far as saying there was a revival of this type of of, uh, of these guys. I mean, we saw it as of late with good music, uh, you know, getting ghosts on a song. We saw it as of late with, uh, you know, when Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Now we're talking good music, but we, Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Raekwon's on that song for a reason. Yep. And that's not filler. <laughs> no, that's not filler. No, I know that's it's not, not filler. That, and and that's not a name that. Everyone's gonna turn around and say, "Oh, Kanye, who the Kanye got the new album with Raekwon on it?" That's there because it needed to be. That's there because it carried the song. It carried the song, and Kanye paid homage to have Raekwon on it. He didn't just go say, "Ma, you know what? I think it'd be cool if I put Raekwon on this song." Definitely no. not. That fit Raekwon's style to a whole, whole, whole. Right. We're going to talk about that a, li a little later because yeah. we, we, uh, we're getting back into it. But let's go with Cuban Links. The Cuban Only Links. Only built for Cuban Links. We're in 90. You're good with the years, man. I'm not good with the years. 94, 95. 95. Only we're built 95. for Cuban Links. 1995. Raekwon the Chef. This is August 95. Return of 36 Chambers was March 95. Mm -hmm. So um, right off the top, I mean, this is easily... As we say, like, like we were talking about Tribe in the last episode and Chronic, the episode before that, this would be that top 10 album off this list, off this episode. Listen, we spoke about all those other albums, okay, before we got to this album. And I think that when you say somebody mastered their style, and when I say somebody really went in and put in work and created something so different and brought different things to the table 
it's with this album right here. First of all, the mafioso right. team behind it. That keeps coming up. This is like, all, that's that's always the first thing people say about this record. The, I feel like there's so much more to say than just that. The, 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 the storytelling. The, the storytelling. I don't even know what the word is to describe the storytelling of how Raekwon and Ghostface uh, deliver a story. It's a back and forth. It's a dialogue. You see it throughout the whole, their whole careers of collaborating with each other when they're on each other's song, when they're on each other's tracks, when they're... When you get a Ray and Ghost collaboration, it's often a back and forth, an exchange of no one's writing their own verses on their on their own. Pretty much, they're they're complimenting the other. They're 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 throwing a conversation at you. They're throwing something. And and it's I find it's like it's like friendly competition, but it flows so well. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, there's definitely uh, the friendly competition involved, mm -hmm. but I would totally not be surprised if each is the other's favorite rapper. Oh, because these guys feed off each other. It's not it's it's friendly competition, but it's also like a muse. It's like a they need the other to push themselves further. We're not gonna sit back and gloat on these guys, but to me, it just bothers me how the fact that these guys started something. And are not put in the top MCs list of the world. You know when people sit down and put all the MCs together like that. I know where they stand on my list. I know where they stand on your list. Right. I know what they've done for us. Uh -huh. uh, the chemistry that these two guys have together feed off each other, like you were saying. It's 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 like they've been doing this forever. And the way that these guys were on Enter the Thirty Six Chambers. And then evolved into solo artists and came out with their yeah. solo projects. Yeah. It's like you can't get any better than this. Only no, for sure. Only built for Cuban links. To me. Right. Is like when you're just like, okay, this is a perfect album. The way it's done is a perfect album. Again, Riza producer. Yeah. And entirely, yeah. Entirely and doesn't sound like what he did on 36 Changers no. or Grave Diggers or Return to the 36 this or like Octacal. This was like his experiment with Raekwon, yeah. This album is a movie. Yeah, yeah. You know when you put on a movie and you yeah. could sit, like Goodfellas, you could sit through Goodfellas almost three hours, right? Yeah. And it's a really thought out, really perfected movie. Well, this is what Only Built for Cuban Links is to me. And I'm an, I, want, I would like to talk about a couple of songs. Yeah, sure. Go okay? Yeah. Striving for Perfection is an intro that I think we could laugh at all the time. But do you think do you think it's I I always listen to the intros and now I'm, I'm making a joke about it, but I'm always, I always listen to the intros and I wonder if they're supposed to be funny. Cuz I, I find them funny, but I don't know. I like I find rap skits. I mean, even when they're not obviously funny, I'll find them funny. Yeah. But I don't think Ghost and Ray were trying to be funny. They were just having real conversations. You think you think that was that was real for real? <laughs> the way Ghostface is talking and the way Raekwon is answering him, it's a definite real conversation. I don't think they wrote this down. I don't think they wrote it down, but I think they were playing. I think they were just setting up the record. I don't think it's uh, real. I don't think it's you and I talking now. Really? No, it's it, it, no. I don't think so. Uh, it's a little more awkward and they're cutting each other off. It's more like me and you on the first episode. Probably. <laughs> yeah, but we had that chemistry though, right? Well, kind of like this. It's gotten better. Um, 
the songs on the album flow super well. Again, production from RZA. Uh, something interesting about this album is, you know the way each song, they have a nickname? Each member or yeah, each Yeah, yeah they featuring. use that on this on this album. The track list isn't their actual that's name. The f- it's uh, That's the first time that that no, not. was done. Well, if you look at the Gravediggers. Yeah, no, I, I oh, get... Oh, with them, with themselves. Oh, with yeah. themselves. The time, yeah, yeah. But everyone, even Nas on it, had a, had a uh, nickname. I think everyone it's was given a nickname for the, like you said, the, the movie that they were going to... Like the character. Name. Yeah. Okay. Uh, some of my probably favorite hip-hop songs ever. I know you're big on a lot of... Well, I mean... The, the, the ice cream. I mean, ice cream is... Ice Cream, I'm going to go out and say it now, is my favorite hip-hop song of all, all time. time. Uh, not mine. And not my favorite solo track either, but definitely a, a top five. Uh, we're going to talk about Ice Cream. Ghostface's Delivery. You know, by the way, just a side note, like when we say things like top five and top ten, that's why we called this the all-time pod, is because we just talk of everything in the context of all-time or top five. Or yeah. So that's our joke, and we've and we've have been doing that for the past we since we've known each other. Because really. if you look at the top five that we've like all our top fives, like our, my top five, actually probably has twenty. Yeah, like there's no, <laughs> there's no such thing as top five. No, so it's hard to do a top five. All time is hard. All time is hard. All right, uh, but let me get back to ice cream, uh, the production again, out of this world, the music video. Fun as hell. <laughs> yeah. Really That's fun. That's where you get them. The, is it there where you get ghosts in the Montreal Canadiens? No, it's Cappadonna. That's Cappadonna. Wearing, I don't know if yeah. I think he's wearing a neck brace or something around his neck or a turtleneck. And then he has the Montreal, Montreal Canadiens. So repping us there. Yeah. But. Ghost res, reps Montreal Expos on the later. Yeah. That's but it. On a track, not on a video. But okay, go. But something about this album is sometimes you're listening to Ray and Ghost and. Yes, they're, they're MCs, they're rhyming, but sometimes they're, it's, it's just basically like they're talking to you, they're explaining to you. They're running you through what, what they want you to pick. They're, like it's, a, it's, it's really good storytelling is what it is. It's the same thing as a good author writing you a book that you don't need the visual. You know, like most great books are turned into movies or, or you know, it's like those people that would always say the book is better than the movie. It's the narration. It's the way you're reading it. It's, it's being able to give yourself the image of what they're trying to tell you and lyrically strong structure the way they appear present themselves on the songs on this album and later projects um, how they put their bars together how they sometimes are not even rapping they're just speaking to you to me makes them top tier MCs totally I completely agree with you they're explaining to you that certain situation and it's pretty intense the way they describe to you certain it's things. It's wordplay. And these guys these guys were good at it since the like they when you go back to that first 36 Chambers album you get a taste of everybody you don't get this. No. And they've evolved since even though it's only two years down. Two years down one year down what did we say 95? 94? 95? Two years down. Top tier MCs at their best. These are guys that go to work. <laughs> These are guys that didn't do this because somebody told them, well, I mean, probably somebody told them they were good at what they did, but 
this was like they, like they, these guys wrote. Man, did they write? These guys knew how to write. These guys, knew. and you know what? Even if they didn't write everything they ever wrote, which they probably did, they most likely did. Even if they didn't, the delivery, man, nobody. No. Man, I, if there's something we're gonna agree on throughout all these episodes, is this right here? We should go to the next MC. Yep. Are you ready? Could you move on yet? I I I could talk about this album. You could do your own. Uh, I could probably do a podcast of ten episodes on just only built for Cuban <laughs> links, breaking down each song. Right. It yeah. There's a lot to. There's a lot of. There's a lot of it on an album, and it's one of the albums we know a little better. But let's uh, let's go yep. to the next one because the next one. I mean, this is obviously like the other album we often talk about is like what are the best solo albums by Wu Tang members? It's usually split between Cuban links. And the other album that came out in 95 from our list, which is Liquid Swords. Yeah. Jizza. So, of course, we get his first solo album before Enter the 36. But, I mean, most people see this as the first Jizza album. Let's yeah. be real. Like, this is where he's now part of Wu-Tang. We've, we've seen him as part of the group. We've seen other members. And now he gets to reply to what other members have been doing. Is there... Is there... I mean... Liquid Swords has been Jizza's source, uh, and and like like this guy's gone on tour, and all he ever does on tour is perform Liquid Swords. We don't get much new music from him. When we do, it's usually good, but not this level good. No, um, he's had a consistent solo career in that. There's what maybe four or five other albums, and they're all good. Yeah, yeah. they're all good, but I mean, uh, nothing match this. Uh, it's hard to to match uh, such a perfect album. This is a perfect, yeah, this is a perfect album as well. This is another perfect album uh, made by these members. And again, the intro to the album sets off the mood right away. That's my favorite solo track. Like you would be Ice Cream, Liquid Swords would be my favorite solo really? track. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I could, I could, uh, I could, I can understand why. There's a, um, there's a thing about Cuban Links where if you take out all the ghost face on it, no matter how you want to see it, it's not the same record. No. But this really is a Jizz album. You kind of get that impression that Jizz is just doing what he does. There's nothing, you know, the wordplay strong. There's maybe a little less storytelling. There is st storytelling. It's more fiction. Yeah. There's exactly. more like, you know, like uh, the, the, the Cuban link stories could be real, could be, could be made up. But these are like clearly like a lot more martial arts related. Yeah, he There's taps a lot more into that. that. He taps into that, and it goes with the cover too. When you look at the right. cover, classic uh, cover art. Well, I mean, both Cuban Links and this classic album covers. Uh, but he taps more into the the martial arts uh, aspect of things. Uh, did you notice that the album lyrically is very violent when he's talking and when they're rapping? It's a martial arts. Yeah. It's not it's not violent or malicious. It's really just the matter, the martial arts yeah. aspect of the Wu Tang. Uh, Whereas the, the the Ghost and Ray the, the Ghost and Ray um, I always felt like Cuban Links and I don't it's not I, I find this movie very overrated. When I'm listening to Cuban Links, I mean obviously Cuban, but I think of watching Scarface a lot of the time. Yeah, I can understand why. So I get that kind of... That's the type of violence I'm seeing when I'm listening to Cuban Links. Yeah. When I'm listening to Liquid Swords, it's just... I mean, it's martial art. Yeah, but it, again, it is very violent. But when you put the subject matter and the way Jizz's tone is, 
Because Jizza raps very calmly. Like, he, he'll change it up, but it's still very calmly. It's not, it's rarely in your face. Exactly. You can you know when it's him, but he doesn't need to jump at you. No, but this is what makes the album. The yeah. beats. The this way is why everyone you'll speak to will have their favorite members, because none of them, do, no, no two guys did it the same. No. Ghost and Ray are similar. I'd say Masticilla and, and Jizz are similar. Yeah. But none of these guys... Um, None of these guys are identical. No. But RZA is his own. Yeah, RZA is his own. When you listen to RZA, like RZA is like, sometimes it's not enough RZA. On, no. Like to me, there's not enough RZA on Enter the 36 Chambers. No. There's not enough Massacre. We know why, but. And you got either. Right. But yeah, you pick you you pick your favorites off. Uh, but just a style and the way he's calm. And again, like you said, he doesn't jump at you fits the style of beats that RZA picked for this album. Yeah. But that being said, Ray is also a little more... He's not up at you. He's kind of laid back. He's telling you the... Yeah. And he would have done... He would have done good on this. <laughs> yeah, he would. I don't he, think he would have done good on this. I No, sorry. I do think he would have done yeah. good on this. I don't think... All the members could have taken these types of beats, but... No. I mean, this was, these were these were albums. Like you said, RZA went and did the 36 Chambers, and he worked on this, 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 and this. There's clearly a bank of RZA music where yeah. he says, this is for this guy, this is for Yeah, that. he does it he, on yeah. purpose for them. He does them their style. The beats make a lot of their style. It's what puts him above a lot of producers, I find, because he really... I mean, RZA, we don't hear much of him today. We're arguing that we don't hear of these guys in the top, you know, things. But, like, these guys did so much good work together. Yeah. And they feed off each other. And it is their solo albums, and this is just a solo album. But the way each other member appear on the songs as featurings is like, it, it, to me, is like having another Wu Tang album before Forever comes out or before the other ones come out. Right. They perfected their art from 36 Chambers. To when they appear as featurings on the solo members' albums, it's like perfected art. They got better. So now we're only in '95. Yeah. Because this is '93, we get Enter, the Wu Tang. Grave Diggers. Grave Diggers was '94. '94. Then also '94 was Takao. Yeah. As I thought it was later, it's '94. Now you have three albums that came out in '95. Yeah. Return to the Thirty Six Chambers, only built for Cuban Links. Legend of the Liquid Swords. Yeah. 95 is huge. Yeah. And 95 just gave you the two albums that everyone's going to argue for the rest of the time being which is the best of the two. Who's running hip-hop since 1993? I think it's pretty clear. Yeah, it's pretty clear. You do have the other artists coming out, uh, B.I.G., Nas, but... Man, it's all in one court, pretty much. Clearly. If you're... You, Okay, we were how old were we when these albums came out? Four or five years old. Yeah, we were in like. Okay. So imagine you're somebody. You you're about what? Let's say anywhere between sixteen and twenty years old when Thirty Six Chambers comes out. Okay. The next year, okay. First of all, you're blown away by Thirty Six Chambers. Then the next year, you got the Grave Diggers. It probably wasn't as popular. I don't know at the time. We I didn't go that back and find out how it did at the time, but. I don't feel like it was that popular because we rarely hear of it. The Grave Diggers we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. 
but you're still a, you're still a Wu Tang fan. So yeah, you the check it out. Yeah, you're into it. Yeah. Okay. Then Matt comes out. You're a fan, right? You you got blown away by Thirty Six Chambers. Then Matt comes out. Right. These guys are featured, obviously, on the solo artist. Yeah. And you got Old Dirty that comes out. Then you got Raekwon, and then you got Jizza. What? How? How do you feel when all these things just hit at you? Right now, I feel like it's it's like hitting me right now, and we gotta take a break. Yep. Yeah, let's take a break. Yep. We're back with the second half of the Wu Tang episode. Quick recap before we get going again. We got Enter the Thirty Six Chambers in '93, Six Feet Deep, Grave Diggers '94, Mathematical '94 as well. Return to the Thirty Six Chambers '95, Only Built for Cuban Links. 95 liquid swords 95 95 looks good before we continue what's an album that's not in our wu-tang episode that's not on our top 100 but an album that you think was just about to make it and and didn't quite make the cut uh anywhere between basically an honorable mention for the wu-tang episode just because we for me care so much yeah go for me yeah. Then you'll tell you, uh, you say yours? Right. Ghostface killer, fish scale. Fish scale is mine as well. <laughs> because you said fish scale, I'll, I'll, I'll honor another member. No said date. Master killer, yeah. There is not enough love for that album. I know we're leaving it off the list. Uh, a lot of people would put that on this list, and, and rightfully so. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a very good album. No said date's fantastic. Yeah. I find it came out too late, though. It should have came out earlier. Well, it was ready when it was ready. Yeah, yeah but they were putting the emphasis on Ray Ghost. Right. And even Inspector Deck should have been worked on a bit quicker. Well, we don't know that, like if they were ready to do it either. I have a feeling so. they were all ready. It's just that RZA probably planned this out. Those are the priorities. Yeah, because okay. don't forget, Forever came out before a lot more members had solo projects so let's jump into next album 96 we're talking 96 96 we're talking the first Ghostface solo album Iron Man yeah to me was my favorite Ghostface project like to me I would have put yeah, this scale <laughs> personally but great album though None, like no not a bad thing about it this is like a continuation of Only Built for Cuban Links. Right. Uh, another great <laughs> intro. Uh, Capadonna comes onto this album a lot more. I think by now he's like becoming a permanent. Yeah. Permanent member. Uh, the album does say Ghostface Killer featuring Raekwon and Capadonna on the cover. Like Cuban Links, no? Yeah, and all three of them are on the cover. So there was something to that whole featuring and having them on the front of the front of the album. Uh, I think they were trying to create something there. Uh, Capadonna first came on with Only Built and then did a lot more, and I had a lot more really great verses on Iron Man. Do you think they were trying to form a clique within a group? Yeah. I think I read that somewhere too. It kind of you could see it. It's apparent. I mean, even like Jizz and Rizzo were their own thing, and and always kind of were. Uh, Dirty and Meth, these guys. Yeah. And then the rest are kind of. The big thing about Iron Man from Ghostface uh, is 
he brings up more of that soul R&B type of style on the songs. Yeah. More towards the end yeah. of the album. Yeah. Uh, his storytelling is just great again. It doesn't really change. I mean, it's, no. it's the same. It really picks up where it left off with Cuban Links. So. Yeah. The guest verses, again, you have all the other members of Wu-Tang as guest verses. Metin Man stands out on a couple of tracks. Uh, Raekwon stands out. Uh but Ghost really sets himself up for success with his strong uh, song structures. Song Fish. With yeah. The, to me, that's my favorite song on this album. Daytona. Daytona. Great track. Great track. Uh, is he doing something really different? No. He's not doing anything different from what he did before. Yeah. But if you also compare, here's how I see it. Like we said, 36 Chambers is kind of everyone's platform to start breaking up. Cuban Links comes out, Ghostface is all over it. Yeah. So he tried, he didn't, well, no, sorry, he didn't try to push Ray out of the spotlight, but he took, he took uh, center stage with Raekwon. Yeah. Now this is his platform. Iron Man is his platform. Raekwon has thrived off having Ghost work with him on these albums. But when Ghost takes his own platform. Yeah. That's. He stands out. And the moniker of Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, I never quite I never quite got it, but I I understand it of the being sarcastic, of being full of themselves, the way Tony Stark is in the comic books, and as Iron Man, the superhero is. I totally understood it. Uh, Ghostface is. A replica of the way Tony Stark acts, and you you're gonna find that out more and more towards Supreme Clientele and Fish Scale and all the other albums. He's very full of himself and the way he raps. Yeah, as well. I think that pretty much sums up Iron Man. We said like what we have to say, and we could go round and round about it. But '97, let's go with the next group album. Finally, list. Uh, reunited. Double LP, World Excited, Struck a Master the Underground. Industry Ignited. Really fantastic way to start off your your second album. Your second album and your double album after an insane a, amount a of strong projects. Run of, yeah, <laughs> a strong run of solo albums. Look, I'm going to go out and say it. This was something that you want. For the, for the most part of the Wu-Tang list, this, that we've agreed. Yeah. This to me could have been Fish Scale. This to me could have been No Set Date. And this to me could have been the W. I think you're out of your mind when you say W versus Forever. The production on this album is not my thing. It's very loud. It's very rough around the edges. Uh, I know it's grimy and it's it kind of has its charm, but something about it to me feels rushed. We're starting to feel like the group is rushed because they've worked on things. I don't think they were every in the, year. I don't think they were in the studio altogether at times during this project. I could see that. I mean, uh, when you're trying to get nine guys together to record a double album, uh, things conflict, and especially you got to consider now they're recording this while they're maybe on tour promoting their solo stuff. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. It's probably very hard to get them all in the studio at the same time at this point versus when '93, '94. I mean, 95. in '93, it's what they were doing, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, later it becomes a little more difficult. Um, 
yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I don't see this album as something. This, there's definitely it's, uh, it's standout tracks like Reunited and uh, uh, the other single, uh, Triumph, Man, Triumph, uh, Dog Shit, always funny to hear. But Dirty go off. Uh, I could understand, and I don't, wanna, I don't mean to interrupt you. I could understand where you say the production, but to me, this is the album where I was like, okay, hold on a second. These guys could fucking rap, and they could still rap after all the stuff that they've put together. And when '97 comes, these guys as MCs, as the way they put their stuff together, their lyrics together, this was the album where I found that they were just like, okay, these guys could fucking rap. These guys could really, really put rhymes together, and it just sounds out of this world. It it, it sounded fresh to me. It sounded really fresh to me. Well, it's different because we heard it after the fact. Yeah. So, of course, I mean, when you're talking about like, oh, I got to go back and, and revisit, like I'm getting into hip hop. Where should I start? Where should I go? I find it hard to say it's refreshing because, again, like we said about like when we were listening to certain acts in the first uh, couple of episodes, we don't listen to, or maybe for me personally, I don't listen to the solo albums I like enough. As much as I should. So I'm going to put those on. Like I said, when I'm in a mood for Tikal, I'm going to put Tikal on. I know that mood that it takes. I know the mood that it takes to hear Ray. I know that Ghost and Jizza, you could pretty much put on anytime and it sounds good. And I know that 36 Chambers, the first album, is also that type. So when I think of Forever, I think of it as maybe it was more of a way of them showing like we're not slowing down, we're going stronger. But I find it's MCs that have gotten into their prime. Have they all gotten into their prime? I wanna, um, if you want to go down the list of the MCs... Let's be real. Let's be real. Jizza has entered his prime. Yep. I mean, maybe not as a lyricist because he's fantastic, even on the lesser known albums. Meth. Definitely. Entered his prime. Ray. Ghost. No, I don't. I don't believe that Ray and Ghost have entered their prime yet. As lyricists on this album, as lyricists, I don't think Ghost has entered his prime. As a lyricist, I don't. As an artist, I don't think Ghost has entered his prime. As an artist, no. But as a lyricist, the way he comes on to songs, the way he, the way the way, first off, the way he puts his lyrics together, compared to how he was doing it on Iron Man, really stands out, like. Do you think this is the first time we hear Ghost the way we know him? What do you mean by that? How he just kind of jumps in, he puts everyone to the side. He's a, he's he's a, when Ghost comes onto a song. I, I remember you saying this on New God Flow. When Ghost comes in, it's just you're all ears. Yeah. Nothing you heard before him coming in matters. You're in. Yeah. Is that the first time on Wu Tang Forever that Ghost does this? Yeah. Yeah, and. Because I'll be honest with you, as much as I love him, on 36 Chambers, I can't tell you what my favorite Ghost verse is. No. No, I, I, I agree with you with that. I agree he's with good you with on that. it. I'm not saying he's not good. He's fantastic on it. You know, But there's no verse on 36 Chambers that I think, yeah, Ghost killed on this song. This is Ghost. Like, like he's a, that's his best verse on, on 36 Chambers. No. I could tell you which ones I like from Ray. I could tell you which ones I like from Dirty, from Matt. Well, Master Kill is the... Yeah. Inarguably, 
but he, he perfected who he is on this album as a lyricist. He, I don't think I see. Perfected is a, is a big statement, though, because we're not even like we're not done with him. We're not done with him, but a verse on impossible, okay, on the second disc, okay, Th- that really stands out to me as a as the way he put the song together and how the way he jumps onto the song that he makes himself known. This is Ghostface Killer, the MC, okay. I don't think that makes up for the 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 the, the choppy production. I don't think it may. I understand that they wanted to put a double album out to show, like, hey, we're far from done. We're just getting started here. What about RZA on this album? Something you've told me about the other album. About RZA on on this album on Forever. Well, I said to you on the other album, I don't think there's enough RZA on no, Enter the Thirty Six Chambers. Right? And then on this album, I think there's too much RZA. You don't find RZA stands out? I mean, he gave himself the platform to put... You know, here's how I'm seeing it. You come up with three different solo albums. Uh, so four different solo albums we're talking about. Tikal, mm-hmm. we're talking about Return, 36 Chambers. Uh, not 36 Chambers, but uh, Cuban Links and um, Liquid Swords. You mm-hmm. got Iron Man too. Now, we know we like these guys. What you said about Master Killer and Inspector Deck before. Deck is Deck comes out on this. I still don't feel like I'm getting enough Master Killer on this. This should have been a different approach. Let's get the guys that didn't have their first albums out. Like yeah, like you got as well. Let's you- push it. And there's a lot of Capadonna more as a feature. I think I think at this point they were still featuring him because he had done the work with but like give them give them some room. I let them go, you know, like let them show what they could do. People wanted more of what they had already. It's normal. It was good. Uh, I find you find there's too much Rizza. Maybe not too much, but I find we finally hear Rizza at his best as well. No, I think Gravediggers was his best. I think as an MC, because yeah. we because we hear because we hear Rizza really go in hard on on lyrics and on flow and on song delivery and the he, way the way his he comes through the way his verses were sure. then I find him very very strong on this I don't feel like this album like you know how the first okay maybe this will sum it up for me I felt like when you talk about 36 Chambers we talked about how it was a platform for all of them mm-hmm. to show off their characters they came in and everyone and, and everyone was about showing you how they were all different then they all go their own ways they release their solo stuff Rizzo works on everyone. He puts through a bunch of tracks that everyone feels is like that character's body mm-hmm. of work. I feel like a Wu-Tang Forever is all the window. As rappers, as MCs, fantastic work. But I feel like they've abandoned the characters. They've abandoned everything they told us to like about them. With the, with the martial arts stuff, without, it's out the window on the song. They didn't. They hardly used any martial arts. And that's what I'm saying is when Wu Tang got back together for a second album, we weren't listening to it then. But I could see people being like, "We wanted that." But you don't find on this album they're really going in as MCs and as lyricists. They are. They are. But when you get when you've when you've presented me a group idea, it's like let's say if Tribe com- comes out, we're, we're comparing groups now. Let's say if Tribe would come out with an album. 
and uh, they'd come up with uh, the first album, then they'd come up with Low End Theory. And then at Midnight Marauders, like, you know what? We're going to go completely, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've made, and th- well, this will be their third album, but we've made you happy with these sounds. This is the sound we projected. It's out the window. Like, we love what NWA did. We're doing that. But I don't think Wu-Tang really started doing what other people are doing. I think they just started, I think they focused. I wouldn't say they started doing what other people did, but look at the first, look at Enter the 36 Chambers and how it does its own thing in that they present you with yeah, that martial arts for vibe. Sure. Everyone introduces themselves. When you get to this album, when you get to Wu-Tang Forever, it's gone. It's just... Oh, the martial arts and stuff like that, yeah. But as MCs and as lyricists, they really focused on that. And that's why RZA stands out as well on this album, because you finally hear more of RZA that you want to hear that you don't hear in other things. I'm going to say that I still to this day prefer the W. I think the W is a Wu-Tang album. I think Iron Flag is a Wu-Tang album, not their ba- not not something for the for this list. But see having the W on this list, I could have argued you that they gave you that Wu-Tang sound. They gave you that they gave you what you know them for. I like W. Okay. Also, just before you go off, the W they're going back and forth, you're getting conversations. Look at Gravel Pit the way it's put together the single. Look at um, the the one that they where they're sampling Isaac Hayes. It's just that Ghostface storytelling, that Riz storytelling. That's Wu Tang. That's what I want. And on Wu Tang Forever, I'm getting four minute tracks, three verses, bump it out, seal it, deliver. I find, I think you're wrong with, I. Th- with what you said about the W, I agree with you, but I still think they're doing this on forever, like songs, like Impossible, like songs, Triumph, where these guys are all coming on and it's like they're sparring with each other to see who's the better MC. Hollow Bones on the W. Hollow Bones. Yeah, but I've, I've, you know what I don't find what the problem is with Iron Flag and the W as much as I like those two albums? I don't find them authentic. I, I find that they were... Okay. I Can't Go to Sleep is the one I was talking yeah. about with uh, Isaac Hayes, by the way. But I find with those two albums, it's like, okay, we got to put out another Wu-Tang album. Let's get together and let's force it out. So you feel the W forced. I feel Iron Flag forced. I feel Eight Diagrams forced. And I feel everything they've done since forced. For sure. Even some of the solo stuff. For I sure. I cannot call the W force ever. Uh, I, I, I say, I, like, yes, it sounds good. It sounds amazing. I find it not authentic. It's like, let's put, okay. It's like, Steve... Let's put out an album. We have no choice. They want to hear an album. Let's just do it. It would be if we would make an episode about Eminem. <laughs> yeah, because it's forced. That's what I find that happened after Forever. I don't know. I, I, I... But it's, I'm not saying that those albums are not good. They're not great. They don't have amazing songs on it. Absolutely not. When I listen to them, it's not like I'm like, oh, fuck. This wasn't authentic. Oh, fuck. They don't, they don't like each other. It plays in the back of my mind because there was things happening at that time. Well, there's tension. You're nine guys in a group and everyone wants to, wants to, wants to be the show. But I find those albums were we have no choice. Let's put out an album. W came out the year after Iron Flag came right out. No. W came first. Oh, I mean... Wait, W came first and then Iron Flag. Right. But it was... It was a year span. 
It may have been. I didn't think it was, but it could have been. It's like, oh, I don't think people really wanted the W. Let's go give them Iron Flag. The W came out in 2000. So it topped off the decade. And after that, you're right, Iron Flag came out in 01. Yeah, and W came out in 2000. So right. I find that they were Russian. Let's, okay, let's just put it out. What were the critics on the W? Um, I mean, I feel like it was... I remember, because at that point, we were I was watching a bit more TV, so I'd see it a lot on TV. I'd see it Gravel Pit a lot on... But, but those are that's a great song. It was plenty of great songs. The the, the critics were generally well received. It was generally well received. Metacritic has it at an 80 ag- uh, aggregate. All Music gave it 4.5. Entertainment Weekly, V+, Guardian, 4. NME, 8 on 10. Q, 4 on 5. Rolling Stone, 4 on 5. I mean, we're talking like... Eight on tens across the, uh, pretty much across the board. Yeah, a safe eight on ten, a safe eight on ten is very good. Eighty percent. But anyways, but I just find it's like let's do an album. We need to do an album. We haven't done an album in a couple of years since '97. But three years between isn't that long either. To have done a second album, another album. No, but they were having problems at that time. For sure. After '97 came out, that's when the problems really hit, and the money wasn't going where it needed to be going, and they wanted to do their own thing. So it's like, to me, it's like, okay, let's put out an album. Let's wrap up with Forever. You want to you say something else? Because there's another big thing about to happen in 2000. No, not, not really. I just, I just need to put the, 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 I need to point out the, as MCs and the way they delivered on Forever as MCs and lyricists, to me, really, really stood out. Is it better than when... Or how Ghostface delivers in 2000 on Supreme Clientele. <laughs> I'll let you take the lead on this. Supreme Clientele. As you know, we go back to the albums before we uh, do the episode. Cuban Links and Liquid Swords are always the ones I toss up to be my favorite. Today was Supreme Clientele. Yeah, you listened to it today? I had to go back to it because I felt that well, it was just what I was feeling a bit more uh, as we were getting ready for the episode, but it's long as hell. But it's 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 they're all pretty long. It's shorter than Cuban Links, still. But I mean, this album to me is is the best Ghost album. Yeah, um, I didn't say that for the longest time. It took you a minute to say that. I re- I felt like I had to really push this on you. Um, Lyrical. Yeah, I mean, I uh, we we said so much about ghosts. I don't want to sound redundant, but like this is this is the 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 ghost album everyone needs. This is like Ghostface Killer as an MC. If to me, doesn't it blows my mind that people don't talk about him. It really goes back to what we were saying before about like how you're force fed, you know, like when he jumped on New God Flow, it was like a, there was a mini revival. And that version of Ghost on New God Flow was this. Well, I mean, yeah, the beat, but there was just this, 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 you kind of felt like it was the second coming of Ghost. Oh. And it, it, it almost felt like the, the, there was a, there was a, there was room for him to maybe. Uh, be back in the spotlight for a while 
yeah. maybe release something that would be remembered like the Supreme clientele is the Iron Man and then quiet it down again. But uh, just, yeah, there's not enough recognition. Really not. At all. It, 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 sometimes it just doesn't make sense to me because, yes, we have our great MCs, Nas, Biggie, Jay, but why the fuck can Ghostface be part of that conversation? Well, he is with people that know it. Yeah, but the people will put other people before him. Which I mean, could you really... Do you think most people know? Well, they need to know. If you're listening to hip-hop and you're listening to MCing, DJing, production, all that stuff, you need to you need to know about Ghostface and you need to know where he stands as an MC. Um, I remember the first time I heard this because everyone was saying how Iron Man was the one you had to hear. There was just one... The, the, the way this album kicks off for me was the three, uh, arguably the three, the intro, of course. Yeah. Nutmeg, one. One is just out of this world. Right, then it's a Saturday night, the, the kind of skittish type thing. Goes Dini. You know I have the lyrics to the whole song on my phone. Cause Apollo I Kids next. I wasn't done yet. Apollo Kids next. <laughs> the Grain, Buck 50, Mighty Healthy. <laughs> and then you get Woodrow the Bass at the skit. What a beat, huh? Mighty Healthy? Right. That, f- that first half is just... <laughs> I know how you feel about this album. It's probably the same exact way I feel about Only Built for Cuban Links. I don't know, because I love Cuban Links, and I feel like that would easily be the maybe the one I run off with if I, if I got to pull one out of the ten. But 1997, I sa- what did I say about Ghostface in 1997? I can't remember if he said he was coming into his prime or if he was at his prime. Because to me, this is his prime. And you, and, and he he plateaued for a bit because Fishkale is... Fishkale is right below it for me. In Wu-Tang Forever, you really got to know Ghostface. You were really like, this guy could MC, this guy could rap. It's like he was next level, okay? But you get that on, on Cuban Links and Iron Man as well. But don't you find Ghost gets better with the time? If I'm saying that this is his best, so I could agree with that, yeah. 2000, 1997, 2000, that's three years. So, yeah. man, that guy had all that time before he put out his second solo album to be able to rap the way he does on that album. It's, it's, it's yeah. It's, it's, to me, it's insane. But these are guys, that's the thing, is these are, this is the thing that people uh, push to the side with these guys, is these are guys that, really took this craft and did it like like mastered it put in work on it the, he paints pictures on this album <laughs> yeah. and I'm gonna go out and say this again for the probably the 60th time on this episode if, he's not even rapping he's telling you he's telling you straight up a story describing it like when you read a book 
When you read a book, there's no that's pictures, I, right? That's exactly what I said. When there's great authors that give you that book that you don't need the visual to go along with it, that's this, that's him, that's Ray. We're not, we're not reading a book with pictures. And he's basically just fucking going de- in-depth storytelling, explaining to you situations. And even if he spends full like five, six bars on explaining to you something... He, if he, if he, if he's not top five after this album, I don't know what the fuck he is. We're gonna keep it going because we before we were running, uh, we were going too quick, and now we we kind of started taking our time going into it. But RZA came back on production with this album. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's not in full though. No, he's, it's all, not in he's full. very present, but he's not. Uh, uh, yeah, he's very present because Ghost went to jail for six months. Up in Rikers Island, and when he came out, that's when they started recording this album with RZA. That's when they got back, and really they went, went to uh, they went on a trip too. Yeah, they got a way to get inspired. Steve, the the fucking the the the, the music videos on <laughs> the mighty healthy music videos top. Probably my favorite music video, maybe of hip hop, <laughs> and I wouldn't be able to tell you why. Hold I on a second. I need you to hold on. You're gonna re say what your favorite music video is. If you guys haven't seen the Mighty Healthy music video, you gotta go see the Mighty Healthy. What music about the video. Apollo Kids music video, when he's holding the? <laughs> it's the championship belt he's holding it down. Is that? Uh, maybe. He's, he's he's holding the WCW Heavyweight <laughs> Championship belt, and he has a robe on. Or is that the song where you got? That might. Uh, I don't know. He sings on this album too. Yeah, this is, I mean, there's everything. This was like his... his uh, there's 24 tracks, right? 21. 21? What album is 24? I think that's Fish Scale. Fish Scale's long as hell. But... But a good... But but it's... A, it's a Fish Scale carries, man. Fish Scale is... Uh, if Fish Scale isn't the next album on this list, uh, I mean... What is the next album on this list? The next album on this list, we are jumping. Because now that's what's, this is what's interesting about Wu-Tang. Hold on a second. Go listen to Supreme Clientele. Go. Yeah, go listen to Supreme Clientele. Here's the interesting thing about this. And go watch the music videos because it's very important that you guys watch the music videos for this album because they're out out of this world. The uh, first eight albums that we spoke about today. Fuck, we're at eight? No, we're at nine. Supreme was nine, but this is something I wanted to throw in right after we spoke about Forever and we got off track with the... uh, that was fun. Yeah. But the first eight that we spoke about, I'm going to do a quick recap. Enter the 36 Chambers, Grave Diggers, um, Tikal, Return Tikal. to the 36 Chambers, uh, Only Built for Cuban Links, Liquid Swords, Iron Man. Cuban Links Wu-Tang came Forever. out. Wait a sec. <laughs> Wu-Tang Forever. Do you know that those were, like those albums all came out? The 90s. No. They all came out in a row. They all came out like there was nothing in between those albums. The second Grave Diggers may have been early '97, but barring that, from '93 to '97, everything Wu Tang did made made the top 100 for us. <laughs> There's no album that we didn't mention that was released in that period. From '93 to '97, Wu Tang as a group or solo released Enter the Thirty Six Chambers. 
Gravedigger six feet deep. Tikal, Method Man. Return of the 36 Chambers, Old Dirty Bastard. Only built for Cuban Links, Raekwon. Liquid Swords, Jizza. Um, Iron Man, Ghostface. And then I believe there was a second Gravediggers album that didn't make our list. And then Wu-Tang Forever. Yeah. So between 93 and 97, everything these guys did is top 100 of all time. It's solid fucking gold. We're jumping nine years ahead after Supreme Clientele now. So that gives you the idea of within what period of time they were on point. And then now you're jumping. So Supreme was 2000, year 2000. The W came out later that year. You got some meth in between. You got uh, Uncontrolled Substance. I believe No Said Date was... Uncontrolled Substance was 98. Okay, so you got it came before. You're jumping nine years ahead now. And there's a joke that I always make. We're in 2009. There's a joke that I always make in saying that it's not because you take your best album <laughs> and add the number two at the end. No. That it'll be a good album. Mm-mm. This is one of the few exceptions I could think of. Maybe the Carter 2 that was better than the Carter 1. Off the top of my head, that's that's pretty much where it ends. Yeah, so all the rappers now that are coming out with number 2, number 3, number 4, number 5, stop. You're ruining your discography. I'm just going to put it out there. When this album came out, and which is also why I'm afraid of Ghost actually putting out Supreme Clientele too. Supreme Clientele, leave it what it is. Keep working, but leave that what it is. My opinion. Yeah, I don't need a Supreme Clientele too. No, just make another great album. Um, yeah. 2009, only built for Cuban Links. Part two. Part two. I'm gonna. I'm, I just want to jump in here, and I wanna. I wanna jump away from hip hop. Okay. This album came out at the wrong time. <laughs> we had been waiting for years. How right? many years since between albums? Well, it was between Cuban Links 1 and Cuban Links 2. You got uh, Immobilarity. You got Lex Diamond. Uh, you got... Um, no, that was it. That was this, this then came. This was the fourth. This is just a little side note. But this album... Probably the best hip-hop album of that, 2009. Yeah. Okay. Came out at the wrong time. I stand by that. I'm jumping into my nerdy music knowledge here. Animal Collective drop Meriwether Post Pavilion. Critically acclaimed. Grizzly Bear. Vecadimist, or however that's pronounced. Vecadimist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Blitz. Dirty Projectors. Bitte Orca, Wolfgang Amadeus, Phoenix by Phoenix, The XX, first album, XX. Do you realize that this album is, is, is up there within those albums as in the great of that time? Yeah. Of that year? But because of where music was, it was in the shadows. Yeah. At where music was in general. Because you go into this new decade, wait a couple of years and release Cuban Links after 2010. Not a chance you're not talking about this album. No, for sure. I th- I w- w- 
amongst the greats of hip hop right now, Raekwon would have relaunched his career. Yeah. A couple of years later. So it's really too bad. The other great hip hop album of this year that I remember loving and that was also somewhat of a comeback album was Most Def the Ecstatic. Yeah, that's Same year, true. two great hip hop albums that got kind of shadowed because hey, this isn't what's going on right now. What did you What did you think of this album when it came out and you first heard it a couple of times? When it first came out, exactly what I just said. Not because you put number two at the end of the album name that it's going to be a classic. When that intro came on, okay, it's a classic Wu thing. We've seen it. Now track two comes on, and the first song that starts banging isn't Ray. I'm not getting Ray right away. He's making me wait again. He's making me wait another that. verse. That was that was that was hot. He, I still to this day when that House of the Flying Daggers song comes on, mm. I get goosebumps. This, it's eerie. That song I, is eerie. I listened to this album again today, right yeah. before actually listening to Supreme Clientel because I was telling myself, you know, no said date, Fishgale. We're keeping these off the list. But then I I, I settled on on what I just said before. If this came out any any other year, a couple years later, more into when now hip-hop is now relevant and huge again, man. Would no, have done no, something. No, no way people wouldn't be talking about this. No. Today. no way people would push him to the sides. Not a chance. They shouldn't, they shouldn't push they him shouldn't to the sides. They shouldn't to begin with. To begin with, because the guy, the guy first came onto the scene where we know Raekwon was in 1993. 16 years. He's 16 years into his career when this comes out, yeah. And it sounds the way it does. It sounds like a... like It sounds like we're watching The Godfather Part 2. Yeah, but in between we had a, we had a couple of like yeah, yeah, average yeah. albums. For sure. But again, it's number two. It's named number two, part two for a reason. Yeah. It's a continuation. Yeah. So Cuban Links came out. We're watching The Godfather. We're fucking blown away by it. Cuban Links 2 is just as good, like The Godfather and The Godfather 2. Right? That inspired this list to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's like 16 years after you're coming out with a part two, and then you're sitting down and you're listening to all the tracks, and you're like, hmm. It's very, it's a long record again, I think 24. Yeah, there's versions with 26 songs and stuff like that, but whatever. I'm going to go and say that this is an easier 24 tracks. Not a better, but an easier 24 tracks than Cuban Link's one. Easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with you. Easier. There's just more going on. It's yeah. less uh, It's less yeah. linear. It's more... Yeah, but the sound that he brings back, mm. and it's like the sound was updated, and he went to get different featurings that, again, had nicknames. Yeah. He brought Ghostface back that in 2009 still sounds fresh as hell and still sounds great. Yeah. Well, he wasn't too far removed from uh, Fishgale either. Okay. Uh, he has Beanie Siegel. That when I heard that, Beanie Siegel and Raekwon together, amazing. Jadakiss, Styles P. He has different producer. He has Pete Rock on it. He has Necro. Uh, he has a bunch of different producers on it. RZA produced on it as well. Inspector Deck sounds fresh as hell yeah. on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inspector Deck really stands out on this. Uh, he has the uh, old Dirty Bastard uh, song on it too, Asan Jones. Yeah. 
where he pays homage to him, which was done track. super well. Buster Rhymes at the end. Buster Rhymes. He has two Not doc- on that track, on, on a different track. He has two Dr. Dre produce tracks that fit so well with him. Fit so well with him. The Slick Rick yeah. throwback, yeah. where Slick Rick is telling you the story about Raekwon to start off the song. The Mafioso team came back. The, there's the eerie beats. It essentially really just picked up where Cuban links. And it's a, it's left a part off, two. It's a real part two. Ten, but way later. Yeah. 16 years later, it's a real part two. What have Wu Tang done? Because now we gave them 10. Now we gave them nine. No, this was 10. Fuck, we don't know how to count. Sorry. I could count. We got Enter well, the 36 Chambers. <laughs> we got Grave Digger Six Feet Deep. Uh, Tikal. Number Tikal. Yeah. Return to the 36 Chambers <laughs> Only built for Cuban links Iron Man Forever Forever Supreme mm. Clientele We're missing one No, we forgot Liquid Swords Liquid Swords is up there uh, Supreme Clientele Only built for Cuban links too. What have they done since? Uh, Raekwon came out with Shaolin vs. Wu Very good album Very good album Let's not go into details with these Because we're, we're, we're uh, we, we got a lot of time under our belt But Shaolin vs. Wu, great album. Pretty much picks up where Cuban Links 2 left off. Yeah. 12 Reasons to Die, Ghostface. 12 Reasons to Die is a really good album. Fantastic Another record, yeah. Great storytelling on that yeah. album. And different than what Ghost usually does. It's that See, I find like that album kind of follows the Wu-Tang martial arts yeah. themes, uh, let's call it. Yeah. Um, I got to be honest, I didn't hear the Meth albums. So we don't need to listen to them. Zarface? Is that an, is that That's Inspector Deck and 7L and Esoteric. The first two Zarface, uh, Inspector Deck. That put him, that, that, make, that yeah. gave him a bit of recognition. Yeah, that gave him more recognition. Uh, he still has an MC mm-hmm. on that. I enjoy those albums. Yeah. Are, am I going to put them my favorites? No. But no. I, they're enjoyable albums yeah. of when they came out in that time. And they're fun to listen to. I think they need to stop. They need to stop putting out more czar faces. And I think Inspector Deck really needs to go try do and do his s- thing yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else? Ray came out with two more albums. Three more albums, yeah. sorry. Not terrible. Not terrible. I like the fact that he he picked some newer artists as featurings, which was cool to see him with yeah. that. What's uh, your, uh, what's your, well, I know what your favorite is, but just recapping, what's your favorite on this list? My favorite album on this ten Wu Tang. I'm giving I'm giving you the first pick because oh. I mean the rule is I don't pick the same as you. But yeah, but you can because just to just show how fantastic that album is, uh, the album I'm going to pick is only built for Cuban Links. Raekwon as a solid ten on ten, perfect album. Yep, I, I, I'm not gonna gloat more about the album because I did for like ten minutes. Oh, there's no better album than that. Sorry, continue. I got, uh, I got Cuban Links on any other day, but as we do when you pick one, I go the other way. I'm gonna go Supreme today. Good, I like that. That's actually awesome. And I'm not, I'm not saying Liquid Swords or Enter the Wu Tang aren't. I mean, these are all, but Supreme is slept on. So. The, the best one. 
I'm not talking about our favorites. The best one is 36 Chambers. The best one is 36 Chambers. But what is our favorite? For sure. I and would disagree with that. That's yeah. a, that would be a conversation of its own because I do think that 36 being the intro, I do think I get more of a... I like going to the individual albums and saying this guy, this guy, fuck with this guy, fuck with. Like this is... I prefer that. I prefer that route with Wu-Tang. I like the group albums. But look, we got two group albums. Yeah. On a list of... Uh, on a, on, a, on a, uh, a 10 album episode devoted to one group, we got two albums on here. Yeah. Of them as group. But man, they what did, does that say? They did so much though as yeah. solo artists and Rizzo you know, wanted them to expand. Here, thirty six chambers better than Wu Tang Forever, right? Yes, 110%. because sometimes less is more. That's yeah. it. Okay, hundred ten percent. All their solo albums and any solo album I feel that we discussed today better than Wu Tang Forever. Oh, better than Wu Tang Forever? Yeah. As albums, yes. I would even go and say. I mean, now. We know how the, how how the for list sure is down, for sure. I'm not gonna argue with that 100. percent right. I'm not gonna argue with that. I could guarantee you that. What do we got next week? We talked about groups in episode two. We left the group out so we could give you this Wu Tang episode in episode three. Next week we're doing uh, duos. That's it, rap duos. Dos. I mean, I guess it's a, a bit of an extension of groups. Um, in a way, because yeah. we're gonna be talking about. Maybe she's like, well, I mean, pretty much smaller groups that didn't need yeah. as many members to get Two. the ball going. Two members. And uh, I think it's going to be a fun episode because we got some really great albums on that. And I'm going to tell you one thing. I wish that Ray and Ghost came out with an actual Them Two, like a group album where we can consider it putting it in groups would they have been on the duos episode or on the Wu-Tang episode I mean uh, probably on all the episodes possible if we could put them on because they are two of the greatest MCs of all time to period to let's just say it period period two of the greatest MCs of all time Raekwon and Ghostface period top five or top ten all time top three. Oh, nice we 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 agree. In an unranked list. In an unranked... Let's say you're following the theme that we've been doing for these episodes and yeah. saying, like, here are 10 Wu-Tang not ranked. They're in that 10. Safe to say. Safe to say they're in that 5. Right. Fuck, I would love to throw out my favorite MCs right now, but you know what? We'll keep it at Rain Ghost. Come here next week. We'll be talking about hip-hop duos on episode 4. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Blood coming out of his mouth. He bleeding badly. Nah, Jamie, don't start that shit. Keep your head up. 
if you escape, he'll he getting fucked up. 